here. Michael is a great, great guy. And this is his first time he's bringing a message on Sunday. Yeah. Starting off like, great. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so like electromagnetic, electro, electromagnetic or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. But he's wrapping up our series. We've been talking about living on purpose mm -hmm. and really bringing a lot of a lot of life stories. Social distancing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> electromagnetic distancing. Yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, life lessons from his life. I'm excited to hear, you know, just to hear more details about this morning. And really, you know, God does something good for us in Michael. This is a great dude. I really first got to know Michael when he and Bailey were engaged and we walked through their premarital counseling and mm -hmm. it's just been a great journey ever since. So I'll let him just take it from here. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that intro. Um, yes, I'm Michael, um, if I haven't met you yet, uh, Michael Partridge. Um, yeah, I work for Call to Greatness. Um, it's, it's been great to be able to serve uh, the community and the campus for the last couple years um, with, with this ministry. Um, and yeah, I kind of just wanted to share this morning just some lessons that, that God has taught me through my walk, um, especially from just from coming to college and to today. Um, and so uh, could you flash that? So I'm talking about the big three today. Um, and so who's, who's a basketball fan in the room? Who, who likes watching basketball? NBA, um, the big three was a really big deal in 2010. You can flash them up. So that's the big three. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. They played for the Miami Heat from 2010 to 2014. Um, and they were absolute animals. Uh, in those four-year span, they went to the finals, which is like the championship game, um, the final series four times in a row, and they won it twice in a row. So they won in 2011 and they won in 2012. Um, and not only were these guys very successful as, as a team, but they really changed the way that the NBA kind of views championship runs. Um, and, and teams started to be like, okay, we need to grab three superstars put them on our team, and go for the big one. Um, and most recently, where that happened was in Los Angeles. So the Lakers, this last year, they won the NBA Finals, and they did that through having LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard on their team. Gave them a lot of money and said, go win a championship. Um, and that, that's funny and also kind of true of the way that kind of God's been working in my life is through three big uh, areas and kind of saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you in these three areas. I'm going to influence you in these three areas and go win the big one. Go change lives. Go see people one for the kingdom. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about those three areas. Um, and I believe this morning that those three areas are places where God is influencing every single one of us. Um, and a place where, and in each, in each of these places, we can find where God is calling us to do more. And to use those things for his kingdom. Um, and so the first one I wanted to talk about is our passions. Um, and when I was a kid growing up, I, I felt like I was floating. I didn't really, looking back, I don't remember much of my childhood. I don't remember like caring about a lot of things. I don't remember really doing much. Like I played baseball, but that was like, and I really cared about it, but it was just something that was happening. Um, and I felt that way up until about fifth grade. Um, and in fifth grade, my mom, uh, before I went to school, she said, I want, to, I want you to be in music. She's like, I want you to sign up for choir. I want you to sign up for band. 
and I'm going to make you do it for a year um, just to make sure you, that that's something that you go through. If after a year you hate it, you can quit, but I want you to at least try. And so, yeah, the first day of fifth grade comes, there's, uh, they do like a music instrument showcase where there's a bunch of instruments all around the room and you just get to walk through and play anything. And I really wanted to play drums. My, throughout elementary school, I was always getting in trouble for tapping on stuff and moving my feet. And I was a distraction to the kids around me. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, let me channel that into something that's useful. Um, and unfortunately, the band teacher at the time told me, I think he, his intention was there were too many kids wanting to play drums. But what he told me was, you're never going to be good at it, so pick something else. And that sucked. That really sucked. Um, and so what I did was I just went ahead and learned drums on my own. Um, and that was kind of like the first thing that I taught myself. Um, but after he told me that, I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to choose anything that I can make a noise on. And there were two instruments. There was clarinet and there was trumpet. And I was like, okay, I think I can wrap my head around these two things. And for some reason, I wanted to play clarinet really bad. And I picked it up and I blew into it and just air came through. There was no sound. And I was like, all right, that's out. <laughs> and so I picked up the trumpet and I put my mouth up to it and I blew into it and there was a duck. And I was like, all right, I made a sound. I was like, I have a teacher that can teach me how to make this good. Um, but even beyond that, like something clicked in my mind. Like something was like, okay, this is it. Like this is, this is something that I can do. I wasn't, I didn't excel. Like I, unfortunately I wasn't a child prodigy, but it was something that I, I wanted to do. I wanted to get better at it. And there was something like in my heart, um, looking back at it now that, that was really like, okay, this is, this is it. Um, and I was hooked. Um, and so I started practicing, I started getting better and started to get really passionate about, about music. Um, and I went from playing trumpet and singing in choir to, I, uh, I, I love telling Jonathan this story, because in, in seventh grade, two years later, I was like, you know what? I've mastered trumpet. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get any better. Like, I'm, I'm as good as I'm going to get. And so I was like, I need a new challenge. So I switched to French horn. Um, and that's what I played throughout high school and into college. Um, and then I, I was singing as well. And I found out really fast that girls like guys who can sing. And I was like, all right, let's go. Like, this is cool. And so I sang and I sang and, and, and girls liked me. And I, I, like, I had friends because I was like mildly talented. Um, and I was getting that adoration from people. Um, but looking back at it, that, that adoration was misplaced. Um, and it was something that that really fueled my identity and, and took me into a kind of a, of a darker place in my life because if I wasn't singing and I wasn't getting approval from people, then what was I good for? Um, and, you know, there were highlights and there was good things that happened. Like I was able to accomplish a lot through, through a, like my musical talent, um, but it wasn't really until I came to college that I, I studied music education at K-State um, and was immediately thrown into a realm of, I'm the worst in our studio. I was the worst horn player in our studio. Um, and that really sucked, but it was really good for me because it made me, it cut my ego like all the way down to the floor because I could no longer just rely on my own talent. And so I started to work. Um, and then coming to Bluemont, I uh, got involved and, and got people in my life that challenged me and, and really showed me um, what being a Christian looked like, like what being a follower of Jesus looked like, 
And I was like, oh man, I haven't been doing this at all. This is, this is way better. Um, and so I, I was impacted and drawn to this idea of using my passions and using my abilities for the expansion of God's kingdom. And so I gave my life to Christ. I got baptized and was like, okay, God, how do I use, how do I use this thing? How do I use what I've learned, what I've, what I've been training for? And one of those things was worship team. Um, in high school, I was involved in my, in my church, but I, and I played, worship, I played drums for the worship team, but that was still just like, okay, I'm using my talents for my own self-adoration, for my own being brought up, and, and we would like go to church camps and be like, oh, Michael has to play drums, he's so good, and I'm like, yeah, I am good, like that's, that's what we like to hear, come on, give me more of that, and man, when I auditioned for the worship team here, um, John Griffith really worked with me on, on that, and he was like, that's not what it's about at all, and Sharon and Marcel did the same thing, they were like, that's, that's not the heart, that's not the reason why you're here, um, and so there was, a, there was a training that happened and, and a change of my heart to be like, okay, God, you gave me this gift, and I want to use it for your glory. Yeah. Um, and when I got that mindset, even just like a few weeks ago, I was looking back to fifth grade, and I was like, you know, that was the first time that God really showed me my identity. That was the first time that, that God really spoke something over me by even having my mom play, like having my mom force me to play music. Um, and so something I wanted to, to talk about is just that your, your worship doesn't have to be up here. Like your worship doesn't have to be singing or playing an instrument because, man, God's given every single one of us a passion and we can glorify God through that passion. Um, and so um, a verse and a story that, that I've really had in my heart recently is a story in 2 Samuel 6. Um, and it's um, a little context. So David had just been like declared king over Israel. That had just been spoken over him. And the Ark of the Covenant was coming into Jerusalem. And it was this big celebration and, and, and people were going nuts, going crazy because, because the presence of God was coming to Jerusalem. Um, and we get this picture of, of David worshiping um, that I think can be applied to how we worship here in, in a congregation, but also how we use our passions outside of singing. Um, and so I'm going to pick it up here in verse 14. Um, it says, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. Man, with all his might. I don't know what that looks like, and that's kind of really challenging for me as a worship leader, because I'm like, man, what does worshiping with all my might look like? Um, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, or Michal, I don't know how it's pronounced, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Um, I looked up a little context for this. A linen ephod is a very tight-fitting garb. So a linen ephod would go underneath the rest of your clothing. So David's basically in his underwear. Like, that's, that's what he's in. And, which is really funny, which is really cool. Um, and, and later in the passage that we pick up um, in verse 20, uh, this is Michael uh, confronting David. And she says, how the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, of his servants' female servants, 
as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So she's like, hey, I didn't like that. I didn't like you dancing naked in front of me or in front of all of my servants. And look at David's response. And David said to her, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. And man, that, that was so impactful to me when David said, it was before the Lord. Like, it wasn't before you. It wasn't before your servants. It was before the Lord. And, and man, I th- that challenges the way that I live, and I think that challenges the way that we all live, that, that man, our worship is going to make people despise us. Whether that's our, our worship up here, whether that's worshiping as an accountant or as a construction worker, like, living our lives and doing our jobs and our passions for the glory of God is going to piss people off. And it's going to make people mad. But something that we should always hold on to is the phrase, it was before the Lord. Because we don't, we don't worship people. We don't worship uh, institutions. We worship God. We worship the, the God of the universe that, that we were talking about this morning. And that is so mind-blowing. And if, and if you guys don't get anything other than just that, that'll be great. Because that's so transformative to the way that we live our lives when we, when we have in our heart that, hey, what we're doing is before the Lord and, and before no one else. And so it doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter what we sound like or, or how we affect culture, but because it's before the Lord. And God's going to use our worship to not only expand his kingdom, but to, to show his glory. Um, so yeah, our, our passions are so important. They're, they're a gift from God. Um, and so if you know what your passion is, highly encourage you to, to ask God, okay, God, how do you want to use this passion? And, and how do you want to use it to, to minister to people and to expand your kingdom? And then if you don't know what you're passionate about, man, ask God. Like he gave it, he, he gives us passions. And so he can tell you, hey, this is like, this is what I've placed in you. Um, and just like my story with, with music, don't, don't overlook kind of mundane things. Like my mom forcing me to do music in fifth grade seems like just a, a coincidence that that like altered the trajectory of my life. But no, that was like a divine moment that God spoke my identity over me through my mom in just her being a mother. And so our passions are really, really great. Um, the second area that, that I've been influenced very strongly, and I believe God is influencing all of us very strongly, is through the people around us. Um, so people are great because we can't live our lives without being around people. You know, like we're, we're surrounded by people right now. We're surrounded by people when we go to Walmart. We're surrounded by people even at home. Like you invite people into your house. People come over and hang out. You go over to people's house. And so we really need to learn how to be a people and really learn how to be people the way that God uh, wants us to. Um, And so for me, looking back on my walk, especially in high school, I, I got to a place where you know, people were the, the thing that was my lifeline. People were the thing that my identity was coming from. And it was leading me into this downward trend of just obsessing over my image and obsessing over, 
okay, who, who's going to fill me up today? Who's going to fill me up tomorrow? Um, and my junior year, I met Bailey. Um, and why am I going to cry? <laughs> um, you know, she was the first person that I met that was really living her life on fire for God. And it was at a place where I was really struggling with my faith, and I didn't understand what it was about her that made her so different. And my best friend Mitchell was very similar. Um, he, he had recently been lit on fire for the Lord, and I wanted to reject God um, throughout this time because I was really focused on, on science. And I was really focused on like, okay, science says this thing over here, and I can, I can test this, and I can prove this thing, but God over here is saying something different that in my, in my eyes seemed completely contradictory. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to choose science because I can prove that. That's comfortable. Um, but that brought no joy. That brought no, like, sustenance to me. And so I met Bailey and I met, met Mitchell, and they had this thing. Like, they were living over here in, in God's kingdom, and there was a joy about them that I didn't understand, but I wanted it. And I wanted it really bad. And I, I grew up in the church, so I knew, okay, like, they're Christians, they're doing this thing, they're doing that thing, they're going to church, they're going to youth group, they'll go to a camp every once in a while. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, I must be not doing that right then. Um, and so Bailey and I started dating, and I started playing the Christian role. And I was like, okay, I've, I've done this before. Like, I can, I can fake this. Um, but through our relationship and through, honestly, Bailey not giving up on me, uh, I started to see transformation. I started to think about God in a way that was like, okay, God, what? Not like, not why are you wrong, but what am I missing? I think that was a, a big turn in my, in my life. Um, and so, yeah, these, these two people in my life were, were kind of, I was like doing this dance between wanting to be in a secular world and wanting to be in, in God's kingdom. Um, and like I said earlier, that really didn't come to fruition until I came to college and until I came to, to this place and, and felt at home and really learned what the kingdom of God was. Um, and in Ecclesiastes 4, it says, uh, 9 through 12, it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And that verse really speaks to where I was at when I met um, these two people, was, man, I was falling, and I was alone, and I was spiraling, and I had no one to pick me up, but these people came into my life, and they're like, hey, we're going to do this thing with you, and it's going to suck, and it's going to be hard, but we're going to do this thing with you because we love you, and so immediately, they like, like pulled me out of, of that dark place, and you know, there were still struggles, and there were still places where I, I, I would fall over, um, but thank God I had people around me to pick me up, because I didn't just tumble right back down the hill again. Um, and also, people are so important because God reveals his character through the people around us. Like, there's aspects of, of God's character that 
aren't necessarily hidden, but are found in other people. Um, and that was, um, that was so important. And, and man, we need relationships. We need people around us. Because God desires a relationship with us. And so, like, we can be fulfilled through that connection, but it also has to be horizontal. Because it's like, I always like to say, there's no lone rangers in the kingdom. Like, if, you're just, if it's just you and God, you get weird. You get really weird. And, and it seems like you can very easily be persuaded in other ways. Because, like, there is accountability through Christ, but, man, there's no thing like, uh, like accountability with your peers. Um, one of the things that probably shaped me the most was, honestly, Jonathan, like, putting my feet to the fire and being like, hey, man, these are things you need to work on. And it's going to be rough if you don't work on these things. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, Marcel talks about his good sense story with Jonathan. I feel like I had, like, six or seven good sense stories with Jonathan. But, but it was good. It was God, like, calling out of me attributes that, that he had given me that I was, like, suppressing and, and honestly living the complete opposite of that. Um, and, yeah, God may have revealed himself to me in ways... Uh, if I hadn't had the people in my life that I did, but man, it would have been, it wouldn't have been good. Like I wouldn't have seen the goodness of God the way that I have had it not been for the people around me. And, and man, even like beyond that, like being with people ushers in the presence of the Lord. Like man, worship this morning was so great because like God was here. The Lord was here. His presence was here. And that was because two or more were gathered in his name. And, and man, I, I want to encourage us to be doing that often. Like, man, I, I haven't felt the presence of the Lord today. Let me get some friends. Let's go pray. Let's go worship. Let's just be together and just invite God and be like, hey, I, I, need, to be, I need to be lifted up. I need to be encouraged and filled up. And, and man, discipleship. Discipleship, discipleship, discipleship is so important because that's also a way that God uses people around you to, to transform you and to mold you um, and to make you look like Christ. Um, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about, is to look more like Christ. Um, and yeah, discipleship was, was so important in, in my development because, you know, Jonathan, Bo, Marcel, like, they all as a collective came together and was like, we are going, we've seen something in Michael, we've seen, like, who God has made Michael to be, and we're going to call that out of him. And sometimes it was really, really great and really encouraging, and I was having a good time. And sometimes I wasn't having a good time, <laughs> but it was good, and it was, it was necessary. And, and I can look back on moments and be like, okay, that was really where, where God stirred something up in my spirit and, and made me into the man that I am today. And, and it's not done either. Like, I'm, I'm so thankful that that there's a continuation of that process, that, that there's more, there's always more of God's character to learn about, and there's more people to meet, and there's more uniqueness out there um, that God has for, for each of us to find. And so, yeah, I want to encourage you guys to, to find people. If you don't know who your people are, like, find them. And, and this is, Bluemont Church is a great place because we have a lot of people here that would love to walk with you um, and, and really see your life transform because it happened for us. Um, and it happened for me, and, and that's, 
that's really a driving factor for, for why I want to reach out to people. And, and really what, what brought me to ministry was like, okay, these people loved me so, so well, and I want to do that for another person. And then the, the third area that I want to talk about is, is, is a big one, and it's a good one, and it's the Word of God. So the Bible. Um, I talked a lot about, you know, finding God's character in other people. But man, if you want to learn God better than any other way, read the Word. Because it's, it's the, the Bible says that it's, it's inspired by His breath. It's breathed out by God. It's, it's His Word. Um, excuse me. But yeah, you need to be in the Word daily if you want to know who God is and really know who you are. Um, a lot of revelation that I've found from the Word is just who He created me to be. Because it's like, you know, we're in this process of walking closer to being Jesus, and you kind of, like, there's big, there's big milestones that, that you hit, like, in your, in your fresh walk of, like, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. Okay, I'm going to stop having sex with my girlfriend. Like, these big, like, pretty obvious and, like, okay, I shouldn't be doing that, and that's pretty obvious, so I'm going to not do that anymore. But really, like, getting closer to being Jesus, like, there's less obvious things, and you kind of have to search, and you have to, you have to find that in the word. Um, and yeah, it says, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Um, and to me, that, like, that's always spoken a daily process, because I think about food, like, we need food daily, like, every single day. We can go a couple days without food, but Anyone who's done a fast knows that, man, you're, you're, you're pretty, pretty weak on that third day. You're, you're stumbling pretty hard by that third day, and that next meal is like heaven. You're like, I've died, and I've gone to heaven, and they're like, dude, chill out, you're at Taco Bell, and I'm like, I don't care, man. <laughs> and, but that's the way that like food nourishes us, and the way that like we, we crave it, and we're hungry three times a day, like our spirit does that with the word. Like, our spirit is hungry to know more of God and to, to read more of his word. And, and some days it's really easy. Like, my, when, I, when I gave my life to the Lord and I got baptized, like, man, I was soaking it up. I was having buffets every single morning, just like being, being alive in the word. But some days it wasn't like that. And, and there's seasons in your life where you're like, oh my gosh, I've eaten Taco Bell for the 40th time this week, but it's, it's still Taco Bell. Like, it's still good. It's still real. I really like Taco Bell. I don't know if any of you guys don't like Taco Bell. I really like Taco Bell. Um, but it really becomes a lifeline, and it really becomes kind of indicative of the day that you're going to have. Um, for me, like, I can tell a difference between the days that I woke up and read the Lord and was nourished then the days that like I woke up too late or I like pushed it off till the evening, like my day's kind of crummy in the middle. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a measurable difference, at least in my life, on, on if I've read the word that day. Man, if I haven't read, read the word that day, that's typically a day that Bailey and I are gonna have a fight about something stupid and I'm gonna get butt hurt and I'm gonna say things that I shouldn't say and I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, that sucked. And then I have to be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, in Hebrews 
It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, yeah, I've, I fell in love with reading the Bible, um, and, and God really transformed my mind through reading the Word. Um, there's plenty of things that he, he rewired my mind about, but, but one thing that, man, cuts me to my heart uh, was a few years ago, like, it was my stance on abortion. Um, so I remember one day, Bailey and I were talking about abortion, and, you know, when, when is it okay, like, should we have laws against abortion, should we, like, is it a woman's choice, is it morally wrong, all this sort of stuff, and it got really, really heated, and, and we were both really angry at each other, and, and all of a sudden, Bailey said, I don't think you care about abortion as much as you should, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right, like, there's, there's an apathy in my heart to, to this topic. And so, you know, I prayed about it and I prayed about it, but something that was really transformative was going to the word about it and be like, okay, God, what does your word say about this issue? Um, and, and one verse that, that really, really cut me down was Proverbs 31, eight through nine. It says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And I had read that before, and, you know, I, I've, I've always felt a sense of, like, man, we need to care for the poor, we need to care for the people who are in need, um, but my heart had never made the connection of, like, hey, he, that, like, abortion is an assault on this idea. Like, abortion is, is a place where, where we need to open our mouths and we need to... Uh, we need to speak out for the mute, and we need to speak out for the least of these. Um, and, and God really began working on my mind just through that verse, and he really broke my heart um, the same way his, his heart was broken for, for this issue. Um, and it was, it was so, so transformative and so powerful. Um, another area that I've experienced God changing my mind is through Proverbs. Um, so a few years ago, Jonathan was like, hey, I think you need to read Proverbs. And I'd been dealing with, like, responsibility issues, and, and I wasn't a person that you could rely on to get things done. And, and Jonathan was like, hey, I think, there's, I think there's something here. I think there's something that you need to work on in this area. And he's like, have you ever read Proverbs? And I was like, nope, never. He's like, you need to read Proverbs. And so I would encourage you all to read Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. Um, it's really great. I don't know if God did this intentionally, but there's 31 verses so you, or chapters. So you can literally read a chapter a day. Um, along with your quiet time, and and just being being reading that wisdom changed me, and and reading that that knowledge changed me, and not only was like because I was apathetic about abortion, but I was apathetic about like my responsibilities, and I was apathetic of like oh if I don't get this thing done it's okay like either I can come up with an, with an excuse or I can just blow it off and it'll be fine. And at the time I wanted to work for Call to Greatness and Jonathan was like, hey, this isn't gonna fly. Like this is, this is a really big aspect of your character that, that needs to be transformed. Um, and Proverbs did that for me. Um, so yeah, those are just a few examples of, of how the word um, has been alive and transformative in my life. Um, 
and, and I hope that, that each one of us can experience that. Um, and each one of us can see where, where, where the word has transformed our thinking, where the word has transformed our heart. Um, and, and even just living in that daily, like Jesus said that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And, and man, if we want to be disciples of God, we need to be in his word daily. And we need to abide in it and live in it and be transformed by it. Um, and so these three areas, they're, they're not the only ways that, that God influences our life. There's, there's an infinite amount of, of avenues that, that God wants to touch each one of us individually. But uh, I do think that these three spheres of influence are, are places where God is meeting each one of us through our passions, our talents, our gifts, our abilities, um, through the people around us, and then through by being in his word. Um, and so, yeah, like I said earlier, I just want to reiterate this. If you don't think that you have passions, ask God to reveal them. Um, if you don't know how to use your passions, ask God to reveal how he wants to use them. Um, if, you, if you don't know who your people are, um, it's a great opportunity to, to get closer with the people around you. Like, if you're, if you're here and, and a person's in your mind that you're like, oh, I'm not that close to them, but I really like them, like, be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to latch onto this person. And, and the person, there's going to be people in your life that you don't like, that God's going to use, and he's going to make your partner, and you're going to be like, ugh, this is, mm, I don't like that that much. But, but God's going to use it. Um, and, and God's going to do something powerful through it because literally the only thing connecting you to is him. And, and that's kind of a great place to be with another person. Like, I can look at plenty of people in my life that I'm like, I would never be friends with that person if not for God. And that's, that's fine. That's great. And, um, and dig into that relationship. Um, and yeah, if you've never read the Bible before um, and you want to get started, let me know. Let Jonathan know. Let anyone at the Welcome Center know because uh, we, want, we want to get you in the Word. Um, we want to get you... Um, feeding on him daily. I highly recommend Proverbs um, just because it, it changed my life so strongly. Um, and yeah, it, and even if you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, like today's a great day to do that. Today's a great day to declare Jesus Lord over your life. Um, and, and man, that's, that's a day to celebrate. Today's a day to celebrate the Lord and, and to, to worship him and to glorify him. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Let me, let me pray real quick, um, and I'll toss it over to Jonathan. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for just the, the things that you're speaking to us. Father, I pray that what you spoke today will be transformative and be impactful and, and, and get deep into people's hearts. Um, and God, I just pray that, that yeah, you, you be glorified in this place. You be 